Jesus. If you're using the, the Pew Bible, it's on page 994. In, in those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, with whom, with you, I am well pleased. You are my beloved Son, with you, I am well pleased. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, help us to understand these glorious words spoken by you, of your Son, our Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ, and what they mean for us even now. So open your word to us today and help us to understand it with our minds, to believe it with our hearts, and by the power of your Holy Spirit to live it out in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You are my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. And I need to give you the word order in the Greek language to help parse this out. It literally is, you are my son, the beloved, in whom I'm well pleased. And that's the outline of our message today, that Jesus is the son of God, with whom uh, the beloved, with whom he is well pleased. So first, Jesus is revealed as the Son of God. You know, Mark began his gospel with this affirmation in Mark 1.1, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Mark's whole gospel is to reveal Jesus as the Son of God. Mark proclaimed the good news of Jesus, the gospel, as the Son of God, which was confirmed by the Father in Jesus' baptism. You know, Hebrews chapter 1, verses 2 and 3 explain what it means for, for Jesus to be the Son of God. It says that God has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God, and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Jesus is the one who reveals God to us. He is the word of God through whom God created the world. In our first lesson from Genesis, we read, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Well, Jesus is the word through whom God spoke light and everything else into existence. In our psalm, it, we heard the voice of the Lord, the voice of the Lord. Well, Jesus is that voice. He is uh, the word of God declaring a God to us. Uh, and so through Jesus was that word of God that spoke light and everything else into existence. And it is Jesus as the Son of God who 
even upholds the whole universe by the word of his power. Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. It's a portion of what it means for Jesus to be the son of God. The words, you are my son, echo Psalm chapter 2, verses 6 and 7, which was an Old Testament passage often quoted by the first Christians, often quoted in the New Testament as being fulfilled in Jesus. It says, "For as for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I've begotten you. To be the son of God in this way is to proclaim that Jesus is the king whose very presence announces and brings to us the kingdom of God. Mark wastes no time in telling us that in Mark chapter 1, verses 15, 14 and 15, where we're told, Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Jesus is the Son of God who reveals God's glory and very nature to us. Jesus, as the Son, is the King, the one uh, whose presence brings to us the kingdom of God. Now, second, Jesus is revealed as the Beloved, the Beloved. The biblical word means to love by placing a high value upon a person, receiving them with favor. There is in this term, beloved, an intimacy which connects the one loved with the one who loves in an indivisible bond, a relationship of love. Jesus had always been the beloved son from eternity past, He has always existed in that perfect relationship of love with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Timothy Keller, in his book, The Reason for God, gave us this insight. To say that God is love is to say that love is the essence of God. And if that is true, which it is, then God is personal because love is something that persons do. If God were just one person, then he couldn't have been loving from all eternity because love can only be expressed and experienced in relationships. And so at the center of God's being is a relationship, a relationship of love. In our passage, it's evident that all three persons of the Trinity are revealed God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and they're revealed as a trinity of love. And that is why our loving God expressed his love in coming to us personally, taking on our flesh and blood. And the greatest expression of God's love was to send his only begotten Son to save us from our sins. At the end of Mark's Gospel, Even the Roman centurion in charge of Jesus' crucifixion proclaimed, truly, this man was the Son of God. 1 John 4.10 declares, in this is love, 
Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, that is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Mark emphasizes that forgiveness of sins in this passage, in the choice of words to describe the descent of the Spirit upon Jesus at his baptism. And as we'll find out when uh, Dr. Erickson, Dr. Rich Erickson comes and talks about Mark reading his Bible, the Old Testament, which is, was the Septuagint, the, the Greek translation of the Old Testament. Um, throughout Mark, Mark makes these allusions, uh, just giving us little pictures of the Old Testament. We have to go back to the Old Testament to find out what he really meant. And so Mark uses this word. Um, uh, let me get my place here. Uh, in, in verse 10, it tells us, And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open. Now that, that word, to be torn open, is nowhere else. It doesn't occur anywhere else in the Bible, in the New Testament, except in the Greek translation of the Old Testament, the Septuagint, which I said was Mark's Bible. Um, in, in Isaiah 64, verse 1, it says, it uses the same Greek word, and it says, Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. It was an anxious, uh, it was a longing plea of Israel. Oh, Lord, would you come and bring your forgiveness to us? The University New Testament Commentary notes that Isaiah 64 is an anguished plea for God to forgive the sins of the people of Judah. And that's evident in verse 6 of that chapter, which confesses, we have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities that is our sins, like the wind, just take us away. We're just like dried up leaves blown away by the wind because of our sin. But this chapter of Isaiah also contains the promise of hope. In verse 4 of that chapter, it says, From of old no one has heard or perceived by the eye, no eye has seen a God besides you who acts for those who wait. For him. And what Mark is saying, God has rent the heavens and has come down to us. He has begun the fulfillment of that promise to forgive Israel of their sins, to work on behalf, to act on behalf of those who have waited for him. And so Mark is saying Jesus is fulfilling, beginning to fulfill that in many other prophecies of God acting to forgive the sins of Israel and indeed of the whole world. Now, because Jesus is the beloved son, by faith in him, he makes us beloved children of God. Ephesians 5 uh, verses 1 and 2 teaches just that. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And so, as the beloved, 
he makes us by faith beloved children of the Father by coming and dying for us, coming and forgiving us. Finally, Jesus is revealed in the words of God the Father as the one in whom I am well pleased. The same Greek word is for well pleased is used in Colossians chapter 1, verse 19, for in Christ all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Lutheran Bible scholar uh, Richard Lenski notes that the word in our text for well-pleased is in the past tense, in whom I was well-pleased, and explains that the Greek vocabulary and grammar actually have the meaning, I was well-pleased in choosing him. I was well-pleased in choosing him. Of course, Jesus always existed in a perfect relationship, well-pleasing with the Father, And from eternity past, Jesus was the one chosen to fulfill his Father's will to save a lost humanity. Matthew emphasizes that as he quotes Isaiah 42.1, Behold, my servant in whom I have chosen, my beloved with whom my soul is well pleased. Comes right out of Isaiah 42.1. I will put my spirit upon him, Uh, Matthew goes on, continuing to quote from Isaiah. I will put my spirit upon him, and he will proclaim justice to the Gentiles. Now, that's exactly what God affirmed at Jesus' baptism, and the justice that Jesus proclaimed to the nations was the justice of his paying the price for our sins. God accomplished his justice in Jesus, and that is was the, uh, what made possible the forgiveness of our sins. Now, in Jesus, we have been chosen according to God's good pleasure, chosen to be his children and inherit the kingdom. Uh, Jesus said that in Luke 12, 32, Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Colossians 3.12 declares that we are God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. In Jesus, God is well pleased with us. By faith in Jesus, God is well pleased with us. That is the gospel. At Jesus' baptism, God the Father declared Jesus to be the Son of God, the one who is beloved, whom he is well, was well pleased to choose, the one empowered by the Spirit to accomplish this mission to redeem a lost, and, and, uh, a lost humanity and gather us, the Gentiles, into the people of God. All that and more is proclaimed in these simple verses. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. Because of Jesus, we who trust in him are chosen as his beloved children. Well pleasing to him. That's the gospel.
That's the good news of what God has accomplished for us by faith in Jesus. And that's what we celebrate as we receive Holy Communion this morning. That in Jesus, by his sacrifice, what he has done for us, he has called us his beloved children. He's chosen us. And in him, we are well-pleasing to God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for what you have accomplished for us in Jesus. And all of this announced at Jesus' baptism and in the years following would be fulfilled by Jesus in his life, and death and resurrection. Lord, help us to believe that now, even as you offer yourself to us in this holy communion, this holy time of sharing in a relationship with you made possible by the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so, Lord God, would you um, draw us close to yourself in that holy communion and draw us close to one another as we share in this beautiful relationship as beloved children chosen, well-pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen.